Welcome to Something About Grace. My name is Leland Smith. This message is about righteousness. But first, we need to have an understanding concerning righteousness. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, And whatever else you get, get understanding. If we don't understand what we read, obviously it won't be profitable. So let's pray for that before we get started. Father in heaven, I ask that you give us the understanding that we need as we explore righteousness. And please establish this message in our hearts so it becomes alive and burns within us. Father, your word is life. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, let's start with how Webster's defines righteousness to help with our understanding. It says, acting in accord or in harmony with divine or moral law so that you're free from guilt or sin. In this message, I'm going to focus on divine law, which means law coming directly from God. And that's the one that trips us up many times in our Christian walk. Divine law for man was literally written in stone by God himself. And those laws are unchangeable. They're known, of course, as the Ten Commandments. So in order to be free from guilt or sin, we must keep the Ten Commandments perfectly. So how is that accomplished? One way we attempt is called self-righteousness. What that means is we're dependent on our own self-efforts. The other way is righteousness through Christ. Self-righteousness causes guilt and self-condemnation because we cannot, by our own efforts, meet the requirements of God to be free from sin. You know, in many churches, you're taught to focus on the Ten Commandments to overcome your sins and work for righteousness. Of course, this means being aware of your sins pretty much all the time, and of course, repenting continually. Well, this is a burden that's so heavy that many Christians feel defeated and beaten down their whole lives. That's the kind of background that I experienced, and I'm sure many of you have too. And it still haunts me once in a while, so believe me, I've lived it. 1 John 5 verse 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Now, if the commandments are not supposed to be burdensome, we're definitely missing something here. And that's what we're going to discover in this message. God created within us a strong desire to know him. And I really think that many times we confuse that strong desire to know him with a strong desire to please him. Did you catch that? In working so hard to please him, we never really know him. Well, let's put an end to that today. Religion and self-righteousness go hand in hand. Religion teaches us that we need to clean ourselves up first, in other words, keep all the Ten Commandments, and then God will approve of us. Well, the Ten Commandments were never given to transform anybody. and They weren't given to make us holy and they weren't given to make us a better person. They were given to us to reveal the sin in our lives and how utterly impossible it is to keep them without Jesus. You know, as I was working on this message, I had a thought that never crossed my mind before, and it was this. I wonder how many people realize that Jesus is even an option because of what we've been taught to focus on. So, we end up in bondage to self-effort and can't seem to get free from it. Someone reminded me recently that in Latin, the word religion means to go back into bondage. No, thank you. 
been there and done that. All right, there's also the righteousness that comes through your relationship with Christ. This next statement may cause your religious bones to cringe, so be ready. Are you there? All right, here we go. Righteousness is not about behavior, and that's the truth of the matter. Righteousness does not depend on how good you are. God already approves of us through Jesus Christ. Now think about that. We're already approved by God through Jesus Christ. Now, if you understand that, and remember, that's the point of this is to get understanding. And if you truly believe it in your heart, you will begin to feel a heaviness lifting even now. And it's a heaviness that you've been under for years. It's realizing that your identity comes first. In other words, who you are in Christ. Then the Holy Spirit changes you from the inside and he helps us in our previous struggles with all the things we put so much effort into on our own and failed. It's simply believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then God wraps us in a robe of righteousness and we're forever his. Wow. Hallelujah. So it's not about us. And if you think it is, it will rob you of the life that Jesus wants us to have. And that's a life full of peace that passes all understanding. And he did this at the cross when he took on all of our sins and died for us. But the devil wants us to focus on our previous condition instead of our present position. Did you catch that? In other words, who we are now in Christ. And we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, period. So don't be duped by the devil. Now, you might be thinking, well, this is really good news, but I still sin, so what about that? Well, to keep it short, basically what we're dealing with here is a part of us that's called the flesh that still does commit sin. But the good news is that God is the one who gives us understanding to change that too. And that's a whole nother message about renewing the mind that the Bible talks about. But for now, let's get back to the message about righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, But of him, God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God in righteousness and redemption. So what it's saying here is that righteousness is not a subject. It's a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. He literally became righteousness through the perfect life he lived. So again, righteousness is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become, notice it doesn't say that we will earn it, but it says that we might become the righteousness of God in him who is Jesus. So, what it's clearly saying here is that we cannot work to become righteous. We become righteous through Jesus, who became righteous for us. Now, the next verse just exploded in me recently, and it solidified for me who I am in Christ. 1 John 4, 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. Wow! That verse nails it concerning righteousness. It tells us straight out that because you are as Jesus is, you are righteous like he is. And that's in this present world. The final thing I want to share here is how this verse applies to other areas of our lives as well. We need to realize 
the things that are literally available to us because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, as I share these things, don't let religion convince you otherwise. This is serious stuff. If you lack, you don't need to lack because Jesus doesn't lack. If you're not healthy, you can be healthy because Jesus is healthy. So what I recommend is that you pray about it and think about what needs to be changed in your life and then keep that in the forefront of your mind and meditate on it and say it out loud when possible. And then remind yourself that because we are like Jesus now, we can expect to see things change in the areas that we need them. Now, I don't want to disillusion you, and God doesn't wave a magic wand because these things usually don't happen overnight. I mean, it is possible, but most of the time it is a process. So, continue to fight the good fight of faith, and that faith is in Jesus and what he has done for you. Then get this verse firmly planted in your heart by reminding yourself over and over, as he is, so am I in this world. And that settles it. You've been listening to Something About Grace. My name is Leland Smith.